Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time, work, Friends, family, expect you to be on 24-7? Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. All right, guys, welcome back to the Established Past Podcast, presented by Clutch Points. Uh, I am your host, Blake Lovell. With me is my co-host, Dylan Reagan, and we are back uh, for our recap of Week 14. Uh, still the Monday night game to be played, but all the Sunday and Thursday action from last week around the league. It's where we review our picks uh, to see how things went, and Dylan, this was uh, quite a week for you. Uh, you finally get the upper hand on me a bit here. I'm pretty sure we may be close to tied for our overall picks on the season. Uh, we're getting there, but uh, you got me on three games. I got you on two games, and boy, we we swung and missed on a couple of these uh, for both of us. So, yeah, no, it was a it was a fun weekend. A lot of really good games that came down to the wire. Like we said, Dolphins Jets was going to be the game of the week. Sure enough, played right into that. And <laughs> but overall, no. I mean, there were some excellent uh, games out there. A lot of exciting stuff that really impacted the playoff picture. So excited to get into this. And yeah, in terms of the picks, I think we are tied. I believe I was a game back of you going into this um, into this slate. And now we have one more game, but we both picked the Eagles, obviously. So uh, all even now with three weeks left. Uh, the the most heated playoff race in the entire uh, entire league right here <laughs> well before we get into the action everyone i know you know a lot of people listen to this play fantasy football and i'm sure you have your own story of how things went uh if it was the first week of your playoffs which i assume it was for most of you of course dylan and i both have buys in the clutch points league and so we were just sitting back you know letting things kind of play out uh meanwhile dylan in my family league let's uh let's quickly run through this here so I am currently down 24 points heading into the Monday night mm. game. My opponent, all his players have played. And who do you think I have left with 24 points is all I need from Mr. Saquon Barkley. Oh so my, my number gosh. one pick, and I'm <laughs> looking at this, I'm saying, you know what? When this draft started before the season, if I would have went into my playoff game saying, you know what? I need 24 points from Saquon Barkley to at least tie I would have felt pretty good. I would have said, you know what? I feel pretty good about things. Like, I'm okay, but now I'm like, there's no way I'm getting 24 points from Saquon Barkley against the Eagles. It's just not going to happen. No, the Eagles' run defense is a little too good, I think. And uh, (laughs) just given the state of the Giants' offense overall, and now you throw Eli back into the mix, it's going to be a lot of fun Uh, for those who make a lot of memes out there. But otherwise, I'm not sure how pretty the Giants' offense is going to be tonight. Hopefully, for your sake, uh, Saquon has a, his breakout game of the 2019 <laughs> season, but I don't anticipate that being the case. Um, well, PPR league, so my hope is Eli is checking down every play, and Saquon racks up about 12 receptions, and uh, you know that's that will at least be a step in the r- right direction. But yes. yeah, we'll see. Uh, that's what I get, I guess, for taking the risk and for the first week this season <sighs> playing Devonte Parker. No, I mean it's just an injury, enough. man. You can't you can't help those. <laughs> Nothing you could have done there. Uh, that's true, I guess. That's all right. Austin Eckler, I'm sorry for sitting you, but clearly you were very angry at me because uh, you decided to go off. All right. Anyway, speaking of my opponent that I played, he had Ezekiel Elliott and Amari Cooper, and they both uh, had fine performances for the Cowboys from a fantasy perspective, but uh, the Cowboys did not win, and that's because the Bears got a 31-24 victory last Thursday. 
Uh, well, here we are, Dylan. We, the Bears have somehow made it to seven to six. The Cowboys are somehow six and seven. Um, I don't know what we look at with these two teams because uh, at this point it seems pretty inevitable Jason Garrett is going to be fired unless the Cowboys make a run to probably the NFC Championship game or the Super Bowl at this point if you read some of the reports. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's uh, what, what the way things have played out for the Cowboys and the Bears, because remember, we came into the season, you know, these are the two teams I left out of my playoffs, yep. and I was like, I am really worried about this. And sure enough, we said the Cowboys' schedule may be something that we're looking at saying, you know, they may start great, but it's not because they're not playing anybody. Uh, and now here they are at 6-7. and seven And <laughs> and the weirdest thing is they're 6-7 and seven and they're actually still in the driver's seat in their division. Yeah, the, yeah, they're a game back of the Bears and a game down, yet they have a much better chance of getting the postseason based on that division. It's it's going to be brutal when the Rams go, you know, 10-6 and six or something and don't make the playoffs because an 8-8 eight eight team from the NFC East makes it. Yeah, I, yeah, the Cowboys, I did not anticipate what is, you know, over the course of the year, I've not been too high on them, but I did not anticipate to see what we saw in this game and even against the Bills. I thought the Bills might win, but I didn't think they'd thoroughly beat them down. Their defense in Dallas has just kind of fallen apart. That was one of my favorite memes from the game was saying, uh, the you know, Mitch Trubisky looked like Lamar Jackson against the Cowboys defense. <laughs> he was just running everywhere, throwing them all around them. It was unbelievable what he was able to do. Uh, it's kind of almost, it's on the flip side of the Dallas situation where you're talking about what it would take for Jason Garrett to stay as their head coach these kind of games the last few weeks uh, you know if you're a Bears fan you might have some concern that they're going to cause Mitch Trubisky to be your quarterback of the future he's doing enough right now for them to be a little too optimistic I think you have to take it with a grain of salt given where Dallas is at this point and yeah someone's gonna have to win that division hopefully one of those teams figures it out a little bit and at least uh poses a threat to whoever they face in the first round because it's probably going to be the Seahawks or the Niners and uh, I don't think they're going to be a home favorite in that one no, it's uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Of course, when you look at the playoff picture right now, we'll get to the Seahawks in a bit. It's just it's something to look at the Cowboys as the fourth seed and the Seahawks as the five seed, and you're looking at those two teams and saying, why in the world would the Cowboys be the fourth seed and the Seahawks be the five seed? And then remember uh, sort of how things work with the NFL yeah. playoff system, and uh, that's the discussion we could have for another day. But uh, it's very yeah, it just seems a little something seems wrong about that. So, uh, anyways, the Bears get a win, the Cowboys lose, and somehow the Cowboys are still in fine shape uh, in the playoff picture. Uh, a team that's not in the fine shape, the playoff picture, is the Cincinnati Bengals as uh, they went on the road and uh, lost to the Cleveland Browns just like we thought they would. Bengals now 1-12. and uh, The Browns win this game 27-19. Uh, speaking of playoff picture, the Browns at 6-7 and seven are still there, but uh, based on some of the other results uh, from games on Sunday, it's, it's a situation where the Browns are – are kind of putting themselves in a spot now to where uh, they're going to need to win the rest of their games and they're going to need some help uh, to get in, I guess. But uh, I don't know. I mean, (laughs) this is exactly why we said, you know what, we're not taking the Browns here uh, with that eight and a half. And sure enough, the points (laughs) end up being eight. Uh, We were were (laughs) smart not taking that as our lock of the week. It's just the same thing with the Browns. It's, I mean, it is what it is. Nothing's changed. I don't think there's any thing that's really changed with them really probably throughout this entire season like it's the same sort of stuff each week that you see that sort of holds them back from let's say dominating a team like the Bengals by a couple touchdowns um it's just I mean again even if they get in the playoffs there's no chance you're going to rely on this team or trust this team uh this is just another step forward I guess the bigger the bigger discussion point is uh the off the field stuff wondering uh, what's yeah. going on with with OBJ and, and all this other stuff no that's the definitely the dominant story right now in Cleveland I feel like at this point like you're saying even if they do win out which is not going to be easy uh given uh you know they still got to play the ravens you know at that point who knows if the ravens are almost going to have wrapped up to one seed we'll see what happens over the next uh, week and a half or so but yeah it's it's tough i mean like it's just kind of sums up the, the browns this season though they've had some of these games against teams that are pretty bad and you know while they they have that one defining win against the ravens it was it's definitely it was really early in the season it was kind of a fluky otherwise they've not really pounded some of these bad opponents they've had in fact they've lost some of them as well so yeah that was that was the prevailing thing i kept thinking throughout the game was they're oh wow the Bengals are just right there the entire <laughs> time they <laughs> never could put them away and it's just for a team that with all the all the talk all the firepower everything going into the season 
Yeah, it's just been so disappointing. I I expected a lot more from the Browns, obviously, before the season. Now this is kind of what we've come to expect. And at this point, uh, you know, they, they still play the Bengals again. They play the Cardinals next week. So could see them getting up to eight wins. And given the, you know, some of the recent history of the Browns, you know, maybe for their fans, at least a 500 season will be will be good but at the same time you had expectations for the first time in a long time and the the kind of performance they had yesterday isn't what you're uh, you're looking forward to early in the year you're looking forward to them pounding teams like the Bengals and yeah it just it just hasn't happened and like you said uh with they're gonna need some help even if they do win out because a couple teams ahead of them won and it's gonna be really tough from here well speaking of potential coaching changes uh, there's another one i guess depending on uh, how things play out the rest of the way and sort of what their confidence level is in Freddie Kitchens uh, as they head into the offseason. So we'll see with the Browns. Uh, they are 6-7. and seven. They are still in the playoff picture, but uh, going to need a little bit of help here uh, the rest of the way. Uh, all right, speaking of coaches' situations, we've just got them in all three of these first three games. Uh, Panthers at the Falcons. Uh, it, was, it was one where, I listen, I don't get many right here, okay? And I will tell you, and we'll get to those in just a second, trust me. But um, I, I, I did say that I felt like this was a game where the Panthers' defense was just going to be bad, and that's pretty much what happened. The Falcons won this game 40-20. to um, Again, with, with Ron Rivera, because he was a defensive guy, because they loved the guy, I mean, you really you looked around and everything, all the reactions. I don't think this is something that the Panthers players were necessarily wanting to see at all. Um, but And they came out and looked like it because they just didn't play very well on defense. Uh, Matt Ryan pretty much did whatever he wanted. Devonta Freeman did what he wanted. We expected that, yep. uh, especially against the, the Panthers' run defense. But, um, yeah, I mean, this was, this was a game where it doesn't really mean anything for either team. And uh, it was just a situation probably if you're a Falcons fan just saying, you know what, here we are. We're winning another game, but uh, we're still looking at this season as what might have been. And really, you're doing that if you're a fan of either team, I guess. Yeah, absolutely and I couldn't have been more wrong about the Rivera firing galvanizing the Panthers <laughs> they looked absolutely flat on both sides of the ball they, they moved the ball at some times through the air but then Kyle and still had some of those picks that we saw the last time they got blown out by the Falcons at home and the Falcons offense yeah they did like you said anything they wanted we, we know we've talked a lot about how just awful the Panthers run defense has been and sure enough yeah Devontae Freeman but Brian Hill as well both guys were averaging you know five six seven yards a carry and just it looked too easy out there and it, yeah Panther team that has had some fight at certain points this year but it, it, it's starting to resemble a lot of what we saw last year team that you know won some games showed some potential and then and as the as the season went on and the body blows came about they just keep losing games and it's crazy to think now they've fallen all the way to five and eight this is a team that was right there in the thick of the playoff race for you know the the first half of the season and just once again things have fallen off and yeah we'll see uh, at this point for the Panthers I think it's more about what they're going to do moving forward all the Cam Newton stuff if they're going to trade him as well as their next head coach there's a lot of bigger things and there's still a lot of talent on this team so uh, but disappointing season as you mentioned for both teams the Falcons it's another another showing where it's like yes this is what we can do but <laughs> just hasn't been there yeah. every week yeah it's a crazy thing because like we've gone through these first three games and you look at all six of these teams and you think of how different these teams <laughs> could look next season really I mean the Cowboys the Bears the Bengals the Browns the Panthers and the Falcons like next season could look completely different for all of those teams like mm-hmm. it's just it's pretty crazy to think about uh, to this point in some way or another whether it's from a coaching perspective whether it's the draft uh, you know for the Bengals especially but it's just man it's uh, it's really fascinating to look at those six teams uh, sort of in a bubble and say wow we could uh, uh, be having a really different discussion about all of those uh, six uh, come next mm-hmm. season. So, yeah, the Falcons get the win there. It uh, doesn't really mean much, but, uh, hey, it's a victory. Uh, the Ravens and the Bills. Uh, this was a game we were so close. I was real close to saying, I think I'm going to go with the Bills here, <laughs> but ultimately we we both uh, decided, you know what, it's Lamar Jackson. We're going with the Ravens, and the Ravens won 24-17. to It was pretty much what we expected, I think. It was kind of an ugly performance, uh, not necessarily the greatest. I mean, Lamar Jackson did throw three touchdowns but it was one of those grinded out type of games we knew it was going to be that's usually how it works with the bills uh josh allen didn't have his best game i think we sort of expected that we knew it was going to be a challenge and uh this one did it sort of played out like we expected it to i think yeah i know very hard fought game and the bills defense showed what they're made of i I know the ravens end up with 24 points but for a lot of that game the bills defense was holding them down and giving their offense so many opportunities and like you kind of said josh allen just didn't take advantage of it there were so many throws that were there 
there especially in the first half and he was just missing guys by it wasn't even like close really he was overthrowing yeah. by five ten yards and it just uh, there's only so much you can do against against the Ravens defense which has been much better if you're going to miss the ones that you have and those opportunities when they are there and but and for the flip side the Ravens they just keep winning games i mean seven in a row i believe now or it might be eight actually i think eight after that one so the ravens just keep piling up the victories they, they get some help on the game we're going to talk to in a bit they're they're in a great spot to not get the one seed and uh, i wouldn't doubt them against anyone in the nfl but i think for the bills this is a game that kind of vindicated you know some of the things we've said about them being one of the better teams in the afc i know they we'll see what they do when they play the patriots again and they've had that huge blowout loss to the eagles but uh, this was a really impressive game f- from that defense and what this team has built over the last few years there weren't weren't a ton of people that thought the bills are going to be nine and four you know losing only by a touchdown to the one seed in the afc this late in the season this is a team that has come a long way and i think uh, you know they still could miss the playoffs they're gonna they got a really (laughs) big game against pittsburgh coming up and then as these other teams keep winning uh, the playoff picture has gotten a little murkier for them I, i still think they'll find a way in but it's no it's by no means a guarantee but if they do get there i think they're gonna be a tough out well, I think if you're the Bills, you'd be fine with the playoff picture staying exactly like it is now. Because if you get to go to Houston and play the Texans, which we're going to get to them in a yeah. second, um, mm-hmm. you'd, you'd prefer that, I think, versus playing either the Steelers or the Chiefs, to be honest. I feel like that would be a, a scenario where you'd feel okay uh, if you're the mm-hmm. Bills uh, in that one. So, yeah, it's uh, yeah, I think both teams are still you know certainly in good spots, and uh, we'll see how the playoff picture plays out, more so for the Bills than the Ravens, because the Ravens now, of course, are the number one seed as of now, and and uh, we'll see if they're able to uh, to keep that once we get to the playoffs. Uh, the Packers and the Redskins. This was one of the more ugly games of the day, um, which I don't know if that was all that unsurprising either, but it was certainly a much closer game than probably a lot of people expected, and it's the reason why we did not touch that 13-point spread, and I <laughs> feel bad for anybody that did. Packers won 20-15. to 15. Uh, This was one that, you know, Packers got off to a great start. They were up 14-0 quickly, uh, but after that, the offense really sort of sputtered, didn't do a whole lot. Um, but the running game got going. Aaron Jones had a good game. And, uh, you know, other than that, I'm not sure. It's, you know, I think a lot of people may look at this and say, well, maybe the Packers aren't as good as their record and blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, and all this. But, uh, you know, it's those kind of games. I think you're going to see some of those along the way. And the fact is they're still 10-3. and They won the game. And, eh, there you go. Yeah, I mean, the Packers find a way to get it done. But like we said, we, we that 13-point spread was just too high. And there was a couple of guys here at our, at our Clutch Points office who I know put the, the spread on the over, um, picking the Packers to cover. And I, I told them beforehand, oh. I was like, no, I don't know about that. And sure <laughs> enough, we're all watching the games here. And uh, it just didn't pan out. But yeah, they're... In terms of the Packers, I, I maybe I'm a little more concerned. I, I just, given what we saw from, well, we'll get to the Saints and Niners shortly, and then some of the other teams in NFC. I am just kind of worried about their status right now. <laughs> the, the defense, yes, yeah. they hold the Redskins of 15 points, but plenty of teams have held the Redskins to under 15 points. This isn't a, an offense that is scaring anyone. The offensive line for the Redskins was again atrocious. Uh, if you watching any time, Haskins was in the backfield who was getting constantly pressured, didn't really have much of a chance to do anything. And I thought he played okay given the circumstances, really. And then at other times in this game, the Packers' defense was uh, seemed like they were just giving up too easy of yards on the ground. They're, when the guys were hitting the holes and they're getting to two or three yards, they're gaining an extra couple yards, and uh, that's not. Going to pay off when you're facing some of these running backs and the Niners, Saints, all these other teams. Chris Carson on the Seahawks. It's just not going to get it done in the postseason. The Packers have to find a way to get back to some of the games we saw earlier in the year. The defense, I still think, can be good, but overall this team it just doesn't scare me as much as some of the other nfc teams at this point they have three weeks to figure it out i think the vikings game in a couple weeks will be a big a big indicator of uh, where the packers stand going into the playoffs but because right now i mean they're yeah buy is very much in play so you can't have lackluster performances like this against some of these teams (laughs) down the stretch because they're going to give them a better fight than the redskins did yeah, and we've talked about it. I mean, those top five teams in the NFC, like you don't want to – you certainly want to, you know, try to find a way to, to play the Cowboys or the Eagles, I guess, if you're not going to get the bye. It's <laughs> yeah, like you just well. sort of hope that it, it <laughs> shuffles out that way. So, um, yeah, it's uh, – otherwise, you know, you don't want to be staring down a, a matchup with the Seahawks, the Saints, the Vikings. Uh, yeah, I think a lot of people are trying to kind of hoping things uh, work out in their favor there to, to get one of those two teams or the Rams uh, if they get in. So, yeah, it's uh, it's very interesting to, to see how it's going to play out here for the Packers because matchups are everything, as we know, and uh, what matchup they get, if they can get that by, uh, that will probably tell us a lot about whether 
they can be, you know, a Super Bowl contender or not. Uh, you mentioned the Vikings. Uh, the Vikings got a win, uh, twenty to seven against the Lions. That was also a thirteen point spread. So there you go. Um, eh, I mean, there's not a whole lot to say about this game. This was, I mean, the Lions are just not good. We we knew that uh, without Matthew Stafford, without Carryon Johnson, they're just not a good offensive team. Uh, their defense has shown at times to be okay. Uh, at times they've been pretty bad. Uh, this was just one of those games we knew was probably going to be low scoring and uh, it would be one where the, the Vikings would grind out a win and that's pretty much what happened here. Yeah, it was pretty much over at halftime. In the first half, the Vikings were doing anything they wanted through the air. I was a little concerned with how the second half went. I know they, they took the, the their foot off the gas pedal a bit uh, with a big lead, but uh, you know to only score three points in the second half and to have as many three and outs or you know one first down, then a punt, just it, it, I don't know what was going on with them in that second half. Maybe they just, again, got a little lackluster given that they already pretty much put this one away and their defense was completely controlling Detroit. They did absolutely nothing. It, the whole game, Most of the game, David Blau was just running around trying to find someone open and it just wasn't happening for them. They couldn't run, run the ball. So for the Vikings, yeah, another, you know, not an overly impressive win, but you still win by double digits in the NFL. It's still a good thing. And I think for the Vikings, it's really important because, yeah, with uh, we'll get to the Rams there. Uh, they have the, the Rams do have the tie breaks on the Vikings in most of these scenarios. So they're going to have to keep winning. And, uh, you know, uh, taking care of business is no, you know, there's a lot of teams this season that we thought were going to take care of business. And I know we're going to get to uh, <laughs> one in particular very soon. You already mentioned them and uh, that team down in Texas. It's not the Cowboys. So, yeah, no. you can't take anything for granted in the NFL. So for the Vikings, another win, another uh, another step towards the playoffs. And uh, at this point, all you can do is just fig- uh, find a way to win. And <laughs> otherwise, uh, it can be a little bit of trouble given where the Rams are at now. Yep. Uh, so, like you said, I think maybe a situation where they just simply, you know, just got a little complacent and uh, that second half wasn't pretty. But I don't know. We've come to expect that sort of a Vikings game sometimes. You know mm-hmm. they want to run the ball. You know they want to play defense. Um, but the passing game, like you said, did whatever they wanted to do, and that wasn't a surprise. Uh, and this one, you know, if they're able to do that against better teams, uh, that's where we find out sort of what the Vikings are made of, if they can be a Super Bowl contender. Because uh, we remember kind of what they did in that game against the Seahawks mm-hmm. and some other games this year. So, Yep, we'll see uh, how the Vikings move forward there. All right, we're getting to the game. We picked it as our game of the week. I think there was – we contemplated, you know, do you make this the game of the week? Do you make that Chiefs-Patriots game the game of the week? Well, I'd say we went with the right one because yes. uh, this was one of the wildest games of the entire season in the NFL without question. Um, I, don't, I don't think we could have – we could have said it was going to be a one-score game. I don't think any of us could have said it was going to be 48-46 to 46. Um, as the Niners – get that 48 to 46 win in new orleans against the saints um i mean this is this is part one of me losing at the buzzer here that's fair enough because they're both back to back we'll get to the next one in a second um but this was just wild this was crazy um this was the game to see because uh i mean i don't i don't even know where you start with this game because uh the offensive explosion we saw and you know, I mean, you you look at Drew Brees' stat line. You're like, man, if you see Drew, if you see that stat line for Drew Brees yeah. <laughs> in any scenario where he's playing at home and he throws for 349 yards and five touchdowns, you're gonna look at that and say the Saints win that game every single day. But yet they didn't. And it's because Jimmy G also throws for 349 yards and he throws for four touchdowns. <laughs> I mean, what a game, and Mm -hmm. it's just, it was big play after big play after big play, but it was George Kittle that made the biggest play that that put the uh, Niners in position to get that field goal. Yeah, I think a lot of NFL fans would sign up for another one of these in the playoffs, whether it be in the (laughs) divisional round or in the NFC title game. It was so much fun. This is a lot, it reminded me kind of of how I felt watching that Rams-Chiefs game a year ago, and just back and forth, and even when the offense wasn't making great plays, defense was making uh, uh, forcing turnovers, it was leading to quick touchdowns and quick scores. So, I mean, this game really came down to the Saints after they got that early lead, going for two right at the beginning of the game and not getting it, then they have to go for two again towards the end to push their lead to three and not getting it so if they just kick their extra points the, the Niners only have a chance to tie the game there at the end um, okay, that just shows how evenly matched these two teams were it was uh, shocking in terms of you know the quality of these defenses I you know the Niners especially but the Saints have also like we've said been a top 10 unit for most of the season for both of them to just look 
completely helpless <laughs> against the offenses they're facing. <laughs> it was a little different. It felt like for me how each offense was getting their points. I mean, for, it kind of felt like the Niners were moving the ball easier and finding bigger chunks of yardage at certain times where the Saints were a little more methodical, did have some bigger plays later. But for the Niners, it was just gashing that Saints defense left and right. Some of the, the play calls were just par- perfectly timed. Every guys were wide open. I, I don't want to take anything too much away from Jimmy G, though. He played incredible in that atmosphere. It's not easy to, to go in there and put up 48 points like that. I thought he was incredible. And uh, for these two teams, again, yeah, I, I don't really know how you can take too much away from them. Yes, the defenses have some things to work on. I think if they do play in the playoffs, we're not going to see a super high scoring game like this. But I do think it'll be a close game. And for the Niners, they finally don't lose one of these really uh, heart, close heartbreakers against a really quality opponent. They had those two field goal losses to the Ravens and Seahawks. And here they find a way to get the uh, game winning field goal themselves. And yeah, George Kittle, that play, man, just <laughs> running through. I, I love the picture where there's the three guys on his back and he's just like, nope, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going out of bounds. I'm not just going to try to run to the sideline. I'm trying to gain as many yards, go right through you. You're not going to take me down. And he, yeah, it was just, just a, such a fun play. And uh, for the Niners, you know, anyone that doubted that this team's a top contender, I think it's time for them to shut up. <laughs> yes, uh, I was there several weeks ago. Now I'm <laughs> no, not. But, uh, <laughs> even though I did pick the Saints in this game, uh, but still, it was, yeah. It was something. I was trying to – I'm terrible at math, but I was trying to add up how many 30-yard or more plays there were in this game, but Mm -hmm. there were a ton. And, I mean, it was on each side. Like, both teams just bang, bang, bang. I mean, it was just all day, and there was just a ton Mm -hmm. of huge plays. Uh, Yes, we'll we'll definitely sign up for this one uh, because uh, that was a fun game, and getting to see this again uh, and a potential NFC championship uh, would certainly uh, be something, that's for sure. Uh, All right, well, everybody's waiting for me. Me to get to this one everyone knows the how i feel yes there, that might have been your game of the week this was the real game of the week because <laughs> uh this was the one i was looking forward to the most because not just because i plugged Devonte parker into my fantasy lineup thinking that he was going to be what put me uh in the championship next week but uh the jets win 22 to 21 against the dolphins i just i felt so good about it uh, but yet yeah, just like with that last game a game-winning field goal as time expired for the win, and the Jets uh, get the victory, and uh, now they're sitting here at five and eight. Uh, the Dolphins are three and ten, and I, you know, <laughs> Brian Flores was not happy about the the overturned uh, pass interference call. Uh, that was not something he was very excited about at all, because that sort of gave the Jets an opportunity. Uh, to win this game, I thought this was a Ryan Fitzpatrick to Devontae Parker game. It was not. Devontae Parker got injured. Uh, like you said, there's really nothing you can do about that. Uh, but the biggest stat for me in this one, and this is one uh, certainly that you really have to look at a couple times, the leading rusher for the Miami Dolphins was Ryan Fitzpatrick with seven <laughs> carries for 65 yards. Uh, Patrick Laird had 15 carries for 48 yards. But um, this just kind of shows you where the Dolphins are at right now. I wanted to feel a lot better about them. I still am back on the Dolphins bandwagon. I look ahead to next year. I see a bright future for the Dolphins. Uh, but this was quite a game where it was a, a field goal fest and uh, the Jets get a win. Yeah, I mean, if the Jets don't grab that early lead, they probably don't get this one done. Uh, you know, leading the ha- going into the half with a couple touchdowns, interceptions, and just you know, overall, the Dolphins really dominated the second half from what I could tell. And, you know, they just could not convert drives in the touchdowns. You're, when your kickers, you know, anyone that played the, the Dolphins kicker, I mean, you had a fantasy day. The dude was just hitting everything. I know he had the one miss, but Sanders was going off. And uh, unfortunately for anyone else that's an actual trying to win the game for the Dolphins, converting those drives, uh, it's going to cost you every time and even against a team like the Jets and yes even yeah that PI call you know it they just wanted to kind of even us out I think with our total picks it was kind of a questionable one for overturning I'm not sure uh you know a few weeks ago if that would have been the case when we saw some of the calls that weren't being overturned so yeah it's it's uh yeah not a ton otherwise to take away from this one other than we knew it was going to be a lot of a really close game between two of our favorite teams to talk about uh two clutch point <laughs> staples here in the jets and dolphins and yeah i think the dolphins even though the jets get the win yeah definitely feeling better about the dolphins future the jets uh you're you've got five wins congrats i don't really know what else to say to them except for thanks for winning me this game <laughs> Oh, boy. Yeah, this was, uh, you know, if you're the Dolphins, if you want to feel good, you're going to have a high draft pick. 
You're gonna have Devontae Parker, Preston Williams. Um, you know, you got a lot to lean on here. Don't. It's gonna be fine. You're gonna be okay. This is. Uh, don't don't be too upset about this loss. Even though I am, just just don't get too upset. Um, all right. Well, we go from that to that. There's the Dolphins are part of our brand. The AFC South is uh, our bigger brand, and it's good because we get these next two games to talk about because these two teams went full on AFC South here. Uh, we start with the Colts at the Bucks. Um, you know, we said. The Colts really need to get this win. This would be a very important game. You got to win this game. Uh, you know, you're six and six. You're trying to keep up with uh, the two teams ahead of you in the division. Get back in the the playoff picture. All this. Well, the Colts lose 38 to 35 to the Bucks. Uh, it was a Jameis Winston game. If you've ever seen one, folks. <laughs> Um, I know he's dealing with uh, an injury and don't exactly know his status uh, for week 15 yet. But um, I, I tell you, Dylan, I, I watched this, seeing this game play out the way that it did. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just sort of, I don't know, like <laughs> how many times, and someone brought this up on Twitter. I, yes, the Bucks won the game. We'll get to that in a second. But his first pass attempt, he throws interception. Like, how many times this guy has to lead in the history of the NFL? He has to have, he has to be the leader. Like, in most interceptions on the first pass attempt of the game that I have ever seen, uh, because he did it again in this one. And it's just like, I don't know. Maybe it's just one of those things where he likes to get it out of the way early uh, and then start playing a bit better. But uh, if you're the Colts on the flip side, this is a bad loss because you mm-hmm. couldn't afford to have a loss like this. Uh, now you're at six and seven. And now, you know, sort of in a similar way to, to the Browns, uh, to the Raiders, uh, you're finding yourself in a situation where you got to win out and you got to have help. Yeah, I think the Colts are probably done after this one. This was a game that they, as you said, they had to get facing the Tampa Bay team. Yes, that has beaten some solid teams and overall has kind of played a spoiler role all season. They've been, you know, pretty decent. I mean, not not too far from where I guess, probably a little better than I thought they were going to be overall. By the end of the season, they'll probably have seven or eight wins. Uh, just like got a few games that got away from them, but plenty of other ones that have not because their defense is still pretty bad. And that's the one thing that you have to think of. Tampa Bay just had a decent de- uh, defense. I know Jameis doesn't put them always in the best situations, but where would this team be? Because the offense still, despite all the picks, uh, uh, you know, Jameis finally kind of returning to his form. He had that one game with zero touchdowns and zero interceptions. And we we're like, this is this is not right. This is not this man. And then sure enough, he comes into this one, four TDs, three picks. Looks a lot more like himself, but it also includes some of those big throws down the stretch to get them to win. So, yeah, Tampa Bay, uh, in terms of their future, where, where is Jameis your guy? What are you going to do? It gets a little murky for me. I'm not really sure. I think there there's bigger concerns on the other side of the ball. But overall, you have some big weapons. You have some things that do go well on offense you just i i would love to see this team with a quarterback that does not turn the ball over so much because i think they could be pretty good at this point even with their bad defense yeah it's uh i don't know it's gonna be something like i said there's there's a couple teams too that could look a little bit different uh going into the next season because uh yeah that's man you're the Colts, so give that one away that hurts because um you, you know you could have been right there based on what we see you know with some of the other uh, results certainly uh, with the team we're about to get to yeah. and uh Wow, we did not see this coming. Uh, the Broncos and the Texans, um, I think, you know, I I was never in a situation where I was going to say, I felt like the Texans were a lock at nine points or anything like that. But, I mean, still, this if there's a game that you say it was not even as close as the score indicated, it was this one. Because, I mean, this was a flat-out just domination from the Broncos in this game. And, you know, like I said, 38-24 is the final score line. But remember, the Broncos led 38-3 in this game. They're up 31-3 at halftime. Um, Drew Locke just – I mean, they, they made Drew Locke look like John Elway. I mean, he was out there <laughs> just doing any – I mean, he goes 22-27, 309 yards, three touchdowns. Um, you know, three touchdowns all in the first half. And so, ah, this was <laughs> – and, and, but I will say this. If we go back, I did say – I said, you know, I could see the Texans having a letdown here after that big game against the yep. Patriots. Now, I did not mean it in this way in that <laughs> I think they're going to get out 31-4 touchdowns at, you know, at halftime. But I, I did see a letdown. I just can't believe this. And I'll also tell you what I can't believe either. And, yes, folks, remember, this is fantasy playoff weeks. So we're going to have to go here a couple times because everyone knows how much I love fantasy. Cortland Sutton, if you'd have told me that I'm going to start Cortland Sutton in a game where the Broncos score 38 points, 
I would have said, oh, man, I, I am a lock for the championship in the family league, but <laughs> five receptions, 34 yards. In a game where they scored 38 points, fantasy football is not fair, folks. It's not fair. No, not at all. I, uh, yeah, Drew Locke clearly listened to the last episode of our podcast where I said, you know, that one game against the Chargers looked pretty good, but let's hold off on anointing him as the future of the Broncos. This game, I mean, I still <laughs> might not say that's for sure, uh, for sure thing because, you know, given what the Texas defense has done at certain points this year, they have not always been the, the strongest unit on the back end in particular. And sure enough, the, uh, Drew Locke looked like John Elway, like you said. He looked uh, just absolutely incredible. And, uh, you know, he does deserve all the praise he does get for this one. I thought he... Uh, you know 22 for 27 136 pass rating the guy was making all the throws and so not all just easy ones he was making some deep passes that were on the money and like you said though <laughs> you would have thought Cortland Sutton would have been a bigger part of it he probably will now of course the, the following week after you needed him to yeah. be uh, doing that but yeah overall for the Broncos we talked about them as a team with a lot of roster depth and you see when they have a, a competent quarterback playing in their at least performance wise we'll see what Drew Locke does moving forward but if he keeps this up they have the tools on defense they have some of the weapons on offense the offensive line's getting gotten a lot better i feel like over the course of the year and i know houston hasn't had the best pass rush um but overall for denver i think there's some uh, optimism reason for optimism moving forward uh, a lot of good pieces there and yeah for yeah, but the, the story for this season has to be focused more on houston here they are now going into these final three games and uh, it's, uh two of the three are against my uh you know my first pick uh my tennessee Titans from the first uh <laughs> before the season mid-season i said i'd probably take the texans now you know uh, i still think the titans are pretty unpredictable but the texans are uh, a lot of reasons for concern uh, given what we just saw from them even on offense yes they got it going in the second half but at that point it was basically garbage time for almost the entire half of football and uh there's only so much deshaun can do week in and week out if, if the protection is not going to be there denver's defensive line was really rolling at certain points in this game and yeah moving forward for them yes they, they have this opportunity to win the division but uh, even if they sneak into the playoffs you're not feeling as good after that you know just a, we're only a week off of that new england game and now it kind of feels like they went into that as that was their super bowl and uh, they really came out flat so we'll see if they're able to bounce back still still got some time before the postseason but it's not a for sure thing they're going to get in if they lose to tennessee next week and pittsburgh gets a win against buffalo Houston's going to be on the outside looking in uh, after 15 weeks, which is pretty crazy to think. Yeah, it is. And uh, like you said, the Broncos, good pieces to lean on. We said that a couple weeks now. We said, you know, this is a team that can end up being pretty good. And you think about it, we're going to get to the, you know, the, the status of that division here right now, actually. But I mean, the Broncos could ultimately wind up being the second-place team in that division, um, <laughs> depending on how this thing finishes, which is crazy to think about. But uh, that's because we'll get to these next two teams. Um, and that's the Chargers beating the Jags. Um, <laughs> well, we once again, it, right? <laughs> yes, we did. We did We did say Not we're quite, feeling really good about the Chargers here. And this was this was a Chargers game because it's like, you know, you, you have all these performances where you struggle, you can't do anything. And then against a team like the Jags, you come out and score 45 points points um and all of a sudden hey we're feeling great and whoops we're five and eight though and um you know we're 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 not even in the playoff picture so uh i mean i don't know what what do you say this was um an austin eckler game which again thank you austin eckler uh i'm sorry for benching you in, in the fantasy playoffs but um i don't know i mean this is this to me says a lot more about the jags than it does the chargers yeah. the jags just aren't very good um and there's another you know potential change we're going to see there uh they've got a lot to figure out uh on that roster especially just knowing the state of the defense now uh not knowing what they're going to do at quarterback moving forward it's just a lot more questions than answers for the jacks no absolutely i mean this team that looked at certain points early in the year there's a lot of excitement we're like wow these dj chark and gardner Minshew and the defense is starting to pick it up and all of that has fallen apart i mean the last five weeks their defense which is supposed to be the backbone of this team has given up 26 points 33 points 42 points 28 points 45 points and just has not it hasn't looked pretty in the process another game here where the chargers just ran all over them i know philip had a solid game as well but he only had to throw the ball 22 times that's because they ran it 30 times for almost 200 yards they were getting almost seven yards a carry and anyone that was watching that 
that game. It just wasn't, it looked like the Jags had checked out. And for the Chargers, to their credit, they have not, even though they've uh, had another heartbreaking season. Uh, if you're a Charger fan, you're looking at this, you're five and eight, and you have those eight one-score uh, one losses, and you're thinking, man, if we just go to split those in half, we're right there in that playoff picture, right like they were last season, and possibly even taking the division. It just hasn't been their year. It's a little too little too late. Uh, but you do see when everything's clicking what that offense for the Chargers can do. The defense has gotten healthier and playing better. So I think for the Chargers, we'll see if you know the future, what it holds with Phillip Rivers and everything that happens there. But uh, definitely would <laughs> it's one game, but I feel like this kind of shows you going into next season how you feel about both franchises. The Chargers have a lot of great pieces in the Jags right now. There's just so much to fix. It's I think it was clear now you, you they could put Gardner Minshew back in, and it's clear that the quarterback position is not the only problem this team has at this point. Yep, uh, that's yeah, that's one you can probably bank on. I think that there will probably be a change there in terms of uh, how they move forward coaching wise. Um, it's just yeah, I mean they've like you said they've they've lost so many games in a row and they just haven't done anything. Um, that they've essentially just gotten you know given up all those points. It's just yeah, not good, not good for the Jacks. Um, all right, the Titans and the Raiders. Yes, I went with my methodology as usual of <laughs> just when you think the Titans are set up for greatness, you pick against them, and so I picked. The against them uh and that didn't work out well because uh they actually came out and played really well uh getting the win in oakland against the raiders and i mean look 42 points on the road against the raiders you know a three touchdown win here 42 to 21 um i i mean i guess now you gotta look at the titans and say all right i'm in like (laughs) this is a dangerous move but i'm in like i i'm I, I get it now. Like, they are playing really well. Ryan Tannehill, the switch yep. to him has clearly been the answer um, to what they've needed. And A.J. Brown, who we talked about early in the season, as a guy who was showing those signs of being really, really good. I mean, he goes five receptions, 153 mm-hmm. yards, two touchdowns. Um, and it was the Raiders, though. Let's We, we will say this, and it's funny to think because – and I'll say, even when, when we found out Josh Jacobs wasn't going to play, I said, well, I feel even better about the Raiders because it's like, you know, it's, it's a methodology against the Titans. It's like, well, they're going to play without Josh Jacobs. Uh, they're having all these issues, and somehow they're going to find a way to win. But the Raiders, we were talking about potentially having a chance to be first place in the AFC West just, just several weeks, weeks ago. ago yeah. Yes. And now, like we're saying, I mean, they're 6-7. and seven, The Broncos are 5-8. and eight, The Chargers are 5-8. and eight. very possible the Raiders finish last in this division now. Um, so, I, I mean, yeah, I, I think this does tell us about both teams. Normally I'd say, well, the Raiders are just bad. But at this point, you have to look at the Titans and say, hey, this is a team that's won four in a row. They have a lot of confidence. They're playing really well. They get to come back home, play the Texans for yep. a spot. I mean, it's everything setting up nicely uh, for the Titans. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's coming together better than I could have expected. I know before the season, I made a point when we talked about our preview of the AFC about the Titans and Mariota was kind of our big question about what if he was going to be able to finally make a jump or if this was the year where they finally moved on. And I made the note that, you know, they had a better backup option than past years with Ryan Tannehill compared to Blaine Gabbert, who started, you know, that week 17 loss to the Colts for a playoff berth a year ago. And it's going much better than I could have possibly expected. I do, I have said a couple times before that in 2016, before Tannehill got hurt and you miss all the 2017 17 season after after his fully torn acl he was playing really well then and he's starting to figure things out and didn't you know last year miami is a not exactly the best situation so we're seeing him now with an offensive line that again at the, going into the year was predicted to be a top 10 offensive line and yes run blocking's been great but they've provided great protection for him and a lot of quarterbacks are going to go, look good with good protection but that shouldn't take away from what Tannehill has done the man's throwing he's, he's reading the defense he's making quick decisions he's making great throws at, at all three levels of the field I mean I, it's been incredible and I, I don't know over the course of the year as we go into these playoffs potentially for the Titans how that will pan out against some of the better teams that they're going to have to face but I, I, yeah right now given what we just saw from the Texans that secondary is not going to be excited for this game the Titans suddenly have a really potent offense with both you know really balanced as well I think it's coming together better than I could have thought but at the same time yes you do have to take it with a grain of salt the Raiders I think in their last three games I did some quick math so it might be a little off the last three games they've been outscored 116 to 33 so not exactly a team that is rolling on either side of the ball at this point Uh, the Raiders did put up a fight in the first half the Titans eventually 
kind of blew them out of the water in the second half and kept doing what they've they've done the last few weeks uh, in Tennessee where they're able to get kind of these quick scores back to back and just kind of gut punches the teams that kind of knock them out right when they think they have a shot at them so for Tennessee props to them for you know making the change to Tannehill and uh, signing him in the first place and yeah now like they're saying I don't know if uh, we'll see long term if uh, how Tannehill is able to pan out but yeah there were the reports that they might uh, give him a contract for the future so hopefully for their sake he keeps playing like this because it's been fun to watch the Tannehill go get do his thing yep uh he has he's been the answer and uh that's why they're sitting here you know in a spot now where they win this game and uh against the texans and they're in so um you know at least for now but uh yeah they would uh they'd be in a really good spot if they can win this game uh here in week 15 uh all right to uh the game here which uh the one everyone sort of talking about uh the patriots and the chiefs it was the chiefs who went in and got the 23-16 win. Uh, this was another game that sort of played out, like we said. Uh, we were very, very worried about the Patriots' offense, and it's warranted because um, they did not look good at all. And uh, the Chiefs, you know, they they made enough plays, uh, didn't do a ton in the second half on offense, but they didn't need to because they had a great first half. Um, and, I, yeah, I think at this point, and I know we say this every year, you know, you kind of have to look at the Patriots and say, all right, we're starting to see that this is a little bit different, and it does feel a little bit different because this just is mm-hmm. not a good offensive team. They have no rhythm. They just cannot seem to find it on offense. Uh, I am someone who thinks that, um, you know, they should use James White a lot more, but yep. uh, there are people that argue, you know, maybe saying they should use uh, someone else, Sony Michelle or Brandon Bolton or Rex Burkhead or whatever. But I think it's clear to me that using James White has been the best formula for success because yep. I just don't think they get much on both both the rushing game and the passing game with the other three and but it's i mean yeah. look it's the patriots we know how this works you're going to have four different guys get five carries a game and mm-hmm. you know and it's just i don't know and is that the formula to help this particular team win i don't know if it is i think you just give it to james white and let him do everything yep. um because it just i mean he just seems like the best playmaker of the bunch here for them i absolutely agree i mean you saw when he did carry the ball only six times in this game but he got uh, 33 yards 5.5 per carry it's clear that teams are loading up when sony michelle's on the field for the running kind of just completely selling out sony was only had five carries for eight yards and one reception for a yard if the chiefs are able to limit you with their uh, pretty awful run defense to that those kind of numbers that's really concerning for some of the other teams that the pats are going to go up against and now we look back in the last five games they've lost three and then their two wins are you know one score really ugly wins over two teams that we've been bashing for a while in the eagles and cowboys it's just it's been ugly for them and you know we talked about how easy their schedule was and good thing for them that they were able to rack up tons of those wins early in the year uh with their defense rolling like it was and it still is playing quite well i know in this game patrick mahomes had the, the hand injury and they said you know today andy reed said that they had to limit their play calling to more short crosses and things that are just over the first like five ten yards of the field rather than down the field because patrick couldn't really grip the ball so who knows how many points the Chiefs put up if that doesn't happen I know a lot of Pats fans are going to make the argument on the flip side though about that a yeah, couple, couple of the missed calls you have the fumble that was clear and they it would have been a touchdown for their defense um, you have the the, the, uh, the one where um, and Keel Harry was definitely in bounds and he yeah. leapt into the end zone but the, in the past those kind of things wouldn't have harmed the Pats because they would have finished the drive anyway and they would have overcome something like that and a lot of teams are going to have these kind of calls go against them and on the, I'd also like to say you know the the one challenge Belichick had early in the game was not probably that necessary and you see these things I always think when you have these calls that don't mean as much early in the game it's just not worth some of these challenges because it's not like once you use one you have one left and if, if even if you get it right you have to get that second one right and if you've missed the first one you're screwed you have one left you, you're not going to get an extra one uh so you, you put they put the game into the hands of the officials a bit um and for new england they're just not able to get it done on offense to the point where they're able to make up for that because i mean you look at this game they have the block punt their fourth of the year which is just ridiculous um they scored a touchdown right after that and then you have the fumble uh, return which would have been for a touchdown really other than that their offense didn't do anything again and this Chiefs defense yes we've talked about how much better their secondary is and I do think they've really improved on that side of the ball and it makes them scary but I still think in this game with their run defense you thought the Pats 
we're going to be able to pound it against them and they just did not do it and i am starting to get concerned i really am not not because of tom brady though like some people have said in the past like oh is he getting too old i just think there's just some deficiencies on this offense overall as a team and i do agree completely about james white uh like you were saying just at the beginning about sony michelle when james white's out there there's so many different things he can do i mean you saw him throw the ball even but just overall <laughs> like this guy does everything and he always gets the extra yards he always bounces off contact and falls forward he's just so much fun to watch and uh a really uh, just a huge weapon for them and given his versatility and I know uh, the, the Patriots are a team that is defined by adapting and I think at this point they have to uh, take to go to terms with their passing game not you know being what it is and their uh, not their inability to run pounding the ball with Sonny Michelle like they did last year they're gonna have to adapt and I think you're right James White's gonna have to be a big part of it well the offense could get on track in week 15 because they play the Bengals now as we are recording this, of course, it just seems like there's always something that pops up as we're recording. Um, we may have another video gate here because we're going to yeah. quickly run through just something that's popped up here as we're recording because I know that's what everybody's going to be talking about. And we're not going to get too much into it because we obviously have to look at a lot more stuff. But um, I'm going to read you just the, the headline here. So ESPN's putting this stuff out uh, about the Patriots video crew being at a Bengals-Browns game. Now, Let's start off by saying this. It's not unusual because you're going to have a scout. Like, you know how it works. Like, there are going to be scouts and tenants and all that. But let me just kind of go into the basics of what everyone is talking about. So, a league source told – this is from ESPN – told ESPN's Adam Schefter that the incident in question involved a Patriots scout who was being filmed while working on a team feature called Do Your Job. The video crew was credentialed by the Browns to shoot video in the press box during that game – and their PR person was aware, the source says. And uh, it says that an official for the Bengals uh, saw a member of that crew wearing a Patriot shirt, alerted the league, and that video has now been confiscated. <laughs> so, um, again, we're not going to go into this, but uh, this did just pop up as we were recording. So we're going to be talking about this all week. Everyone's going to be talking about it. We're going to you know, revisit all the stuff that happened with the Jets and all that. Um, but uh, there you go. For those who aren't aware, at least um, that's what's going on. If you haven't seen it all over Twitter and Facebook, which I'm sure you will uh, by the time you listen to this, uh, there you go. So, Dylan, don't be going out and, and you know, taping anybody's plays. Don't, don't, be, doing, don't, be, don't be taping anybody else's I, podcast and using their analysis on our podcast. I, I do think if there was anyone that the Pats were going to tape like this, it would not be the Bengals. So that, <laughs> that's my first red flag here. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm seeing the Schefter stuff about the, the Do Your Job documentary and all that and being credentialed by the Browns. So, yeah, we'll see what happens here. Uh, it's a developing situation, yeah, as we're recording. But I'm not looking too much into the, uh, the idea of the Patriots looking ahead to facing a 1-12 and uh, 12 Bengals team. <laughs> I don't know how much of an edge they're going to need uh, to beat uh, this Bengals team. But I don't know. I almost feel like this is like a setup from the Patriots. It's like, you know what? We're going to get everybody against us again. And you know what? We've got some kind of secret weapon. And we're just going to run through the playoffs again and get back to the Super Bowl. Wouldn't so, doubt it, yeah. Uh, yep, this may just be a setup. I- I'm going to chalk it up to Bill Belichick's <laughs> master plan because that's what everything is. Uh, so we'll see yeah, if they get there. But um, speaking of a Super Bowl, uh, these two teams played a while back in the Super Bowl. The Steelers and the Cardinals. Uh, this one was uh did not exactly feel like the super bowl but it was a big win for the steelers 23 to 17 on the road which i guess scored like a home game uh for the steelers but um that's pretty much what it was this defense man we've said it all year long and we've got to bring this up too with mike tomlin we have before but this team is eight and five like I mean, I don't even know what you say to that. Like they are eight and five. That's amazing. They look like they they potentially were like on the path to, um, you know, being in a top five draft pick type of spot early in the season. After those first three games, uh, or really, I guess after the first five games, because they were were one and four, and you're thinking, man, they're in trouble. But here they are. I mean, they right now in the playoffs. Um, they've done it all with you know a second string quarterback, a third string quarterback, really second and third string running back, you know third and fourth string wide receivers. Um, but you know what? If you have a really good defense, it can take you a long way. And this Steelers defense just continues to be a monster. Um, I don't know. I mean, we're not looking at them as a Super Bowl contender or anything. But yeah. this is a team with their defense. I if I'm the 
you know, if I'm the Ravens, if I'm the Patriots, if I'm the Chiefs, I don't want to play this defense because they just keep making plays, and I don't know what you do about it. (laughs) Yeah, especially when I think of the Texans, I'm like, man, that offensive line's going to be for a rough day against them. Yeah, Pittsburgh, it's so impressive. I mean, no one's really talking about the Minka Fitzpatrick trade as uh, reaching uh, like the kind of where early in the season, like, what does this really do given the state of the team? Here they are, you know, winning seven of their last, or sorry, eight of their last ten games after that 0-3 start in a prime spot to make the playoffs and even if they don't you're feeling so good going into next season now i mean they have so many young really talented defenders they've drafted so well just like the Steelers were were used to good organizations drafting well and uh yeah this is a team that has given where you know we thought they'd be able to probably get into playoffs or be close to it at least and i know we i think we actually both picked them to get in and one way or another and uh, but this is not the formula we predicted before the season now (laughs) we're we're talking about the bears real quick and given like that situation what they should do at quarter quarterback i mean devon hodges has been great but this is a if you're a free agent uh quarterback that's one of these guys that we've been talking about like a teddy bridgewater andy dalton we have you one of these guys i mean what better situation would you have than this you have such an amazing defense an offensive line that's so talented and well yes there's some questions about the receivers and running backs i think some of these guys like deontay johnson in this one but yes james washington doesn't have the same day that he did against the browns but these guys are stepping up and making some plays and i think for pittsburgh yeah like you said no one's going to want to play this defense they're not going to be fun to face and just overall though this team is set up so well for the future with so many good young players can't say enough about what Devlin Hodges has done I know it's it's not like a crazy stat line by any means but the guy is making the right decisions he's not turning the ball over he's um, you know not forcing it when he doesn't have to so overall for them uh, man it's it's just crazy to think about where they were and even going back to the the whole Mason Rudolph Miles Garrett incident didn't look like things were going to work out for them at that point but now they've they've bounced back since then keep reeling off wins and yeah a team that uh, has defined you know mid-season expectations let's put it that way did not think at the midpoint of this year that this team was going to be a team that we're going to be talking about as a threat in the playoffs in the AFC yeah I mean they are yeah I don't know what else to say about them like they have their their defense has been awesome and we'll see I mean it's gonna you know it's gonna have to hold up and really I mean they've got the Bills next week and they've got the Jets so two more opportunities for good defensive performances and then we see if there's anything on the line uh in that week 17 game at the Ravens so yeah uh, Steelers uh, at least right now sitting in a pretty good spot all right here we go we got back to it here, and uh, I, I mean, look, y'all, I tried to tell Dylan. I tried to tell him <laughs> that he was going to be sucked in for another week. Um, I picked the Rams. He picked the Seahawks. Uh, everyone knows where he's been on his Rams the past couple weeks. But here they are again, 28-12. to 12. They get the win against the Seahawks. Um, you know, they make the Seahawks offense look – uh, you know, I mean, just normal, and not a lot of teams have been able to do that before. And um, so here you are, Dylan. What, what do you have to say about your Rams? Because here they are once again, keeping you just reeled in uh, as they are right there in the playoff hunt now at eight and five after that just terrible game against <laughs> the Ravens. Uh, but they're back. Yep. I mean, it's frustration to a point because you see when the Rams are clicking with their offense and how much their defense has really improved this year as a top five DVOA unit, you see what they're capable of. I, I know I was joking a couple weeks back. I'm like, I don't even, if they get to the playoffs, I don't, I'm not <laughs> feeling too confident. But if they play like this, if they if they go out there and the offensive line is getting the job done, protecting Goff, but Goff is also at the flip side making quick decisions. He's not, he's actually, ma- and he's making these throws. He was so accurate last night. I was like, this looks, I feel like I'm watching a game from last season but with the new defense that has been so dominant in 2019 and it's just frustrating because yes the nfc playoff picture is so so tight and all these teams are so good so they still need some help to get in and the vikings don't have the toughest schedule outside that packer game so the rams really uh, you know they're hoping the green bay wins that one and they're going to maybe have to win out which includes a road game at the uh, at the 49ers it's not going to be easy but just overall it, it does give you kind of reassurance of what how they're how they've adapted over the course of this year we talked about how they've changed their running scheme and everything they've done there Todd Gurley being on the field much more and you see the impact of him he still looks a little bit beefier maybe than a year ago but he's still pounding for yards making big plays and the holes weren't there in the early in the season for him to run through and they were last night against Seattle and for Seattle I mean we've talked about their defense being a concern and but the, the thing is here I mean this Rams defense is one of the few that over the f- past few years I think of a game in 2017 where Russell Wilson did 
basically nothing in a blowout in Seattle by uh, by the Rams. And this Rams defense has been has done something that not many teams or really anyone has been able to do uh, to Russell Wilson, which is keep him at bay for the entire game. They get the one touchdown on the the pick six for Robert Woods and Goff kind of miscommunicated in terms of what the route was, but. I mean, six points from Russell Wilson in this offense. That's impressive. That's why the Rams, I, I feel like if they play like this over the next three weeks and do find a way into the playoffs, they're a team that is not one you're going to want to face because they do have a little more firepower in offense uh, right now with the way things are clicking. And this defense is pretty scary. Every, everything's kind of come together for this defense. And uh, yeah, Seattle, <laughs> man, now they fall back to that five seed. They're, they're, it's feeling a lot like mm-hmm. I was looking at the 2013 NFL playoffs. The Packers were eight, seven, and one, snuck into the four seed. And that year, the uh, Niners and Seattle one uh, went thirteen and three and twelve and four, and the twelve and four Niners had to go to Green Bay in like ten degrees, yeah. and now it could be the same story going to Philadelphia or Dallas. I still think Seattle's a, a huge threat, but we talked about their point differential. You trying to warn me? I mean, I, I've said their point differential has been, you know, not not exactly what you expect from a ten and two team. And sure enough, they finally kind of now they lose this game. Their point differential is going to be down to close to twenty, which is just crazy <laughs> for a ten and three team to be at. Um, the, the defense is why, at the end of the day, if Russell Wilson can't go off, there it's going to be concerning for them in the playoffs yeah well you heard it here folks dylan's got the rams in the super bowl um so uh he, he said it I, I i'm pretty sure i just yeah. heard that so if, if only uh, the nfl went to seven <laughs> seeds in the playoffs I'm, uh, I'm still concerned they're even just gonna find a way in yeah it's uh it's not gonna be easy uh but yeah that's i mean like i said they're at least for another week they're keeping you right there they're reeling you in uh so we'll see uh, if they're able to get in but uh, another way i mean great win either way that's for sure um all right that wraps up a look at the uh week 14 action if you want our picks for the eagles and the giants go back to our previous episode you can listen to that and uh, remember i really need a big performance here from saquon barkley so if you're an eagles fan all i ask for is that you let him catch a couple touchdown passes uh uh, about 15 receptions, 150 <laughs> yards on the ground, and I will feel a lot better uh, about getting to my family championship for the fourth straight year. Uh, but if you're not concerned with that, you can go check out all of our great stuff uh, at Clutch Points. We have a lot of it there. And uh, Dylan, let everybody know where they can find uh, all of our great NFL stuff and NBA and everything else uh, over Clutch Points. Yeah, you can follow NBA and NFL games once MLB's back as well in our Clutch Points app. A lot of good stuff there in terms of following the games, uh, interactions with fans, a lot of good highlight content pretty much all the big plays and even some smaller stuff from some of those great guys on twitter that you know are really tapped into the game film taking little clips of things left and right that you might not see otherwise it's a great tool for that just while you're watching games or while you're watching red zone they can kind of keep up with really the details of your favorite team so uh, i appreciate all the downloads we've got some more lately we'll try to get some more on the nfl side nba has been kind of rolling so we need some more nfl fans to hopefully beef that up but yeah with the website clutchpoints.com to the nfl section all of our nfl contents there uh, type fantasy football for all the fantasy content. Uh, we have we had all the stardom sit-ins from last week and the injury report going into the week to make sure you don't accidentally leave in someone that's out for a playoff matchup that could have could have been pretty disastrous for some of you i'm sure but uh yeah we'll have that content rolling again this week and yeah another another uh now we're it's crazy only three weeks left man i i'm ready for the playoffs but at the same time i'm dreading the idea of no football on the weekends it's gonna be just i i do enjoy the off season but man it's this season has really flown by yeah, it has. Uh, that's for sure. And yeah, once we get to the off season here on the podcast, uh, obviously we'll go into uh, you know looking ahead, looking uh, back at the season, uh, draft, free agency, all that good stuff. As we know, uh, it never stops with the NFL. Just the games. So uh, there's always something going on uh, around the league. So yeah, make sure you check out all our stuff over on the website. Check out the app. Uh, subscribe to the podcast. And uh, yeah, we'll be back next time here uh, to talk about uh, you know all this stuff going on heading into to week 15 and uh, make our picks uh, yeah only a couple weeks to go here in the 2019 season so uh, thanks as always uh, for listening and we'll talk to you guys next time here on the Establish the Past podcast <laughs>